0: your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. I am recording this the week of National Park Week, which I didn't think to record this in advance, so I apologize. It's coming a little later than I anticipated. But in light of National Park Week, and I figure a lot of people are starting to get together and plan their summer adventures, I assume there may be some of you that are interested and intrigued by national parks, and maybe there's one of them on your list. It also reminds me of my content, and I am constantly looking for new brown signs. So I thought I would take this episode and share the 20 national parks through the lens of my daughter. My daughter has a goal to visit all of the national parks in the United States, which as of right now, as of recording, there are 63 of them. And she'd like to do that before she graduates high school. She is 10. So you'll notice, I'll give you the dates of when we visited these and some of the highlights that she had as at that point in time, which you'll find pretty entertaining because some of them are pretty young. But she also might offer you some insights into things you might want to think about in considering if you visit these national parks, but also give you some insights into the parks that we'll be visiting this year as well. In light of this topic, there's a couple precursor things that I want to mention. First, if you are not familiar, there is a fourth grade pass called Every Kid in a Park. Fourth graders can get a free entrance and the people within their car into the national parks from September 1st through August 31st. So that's the year that it is good for. And we have done this with every one of our children when they reach fourth grade. Ironically, my oldest son was in fourth grade in 2020, so they extended it and had a transitional year in 2021. So we were able to get three years thus far of the every kid in a park benefit. The other thing I would mention is if that is not available to you, there are benefits for veterans, there are benefits for the aging or senior citizens. And there's also just the American Park Pass, which I believe is $85 for a year And if you're going to multiples, that's worthwhile. So I mentioned those as resources to get into the parks if you're going to multiples. The second thing I wanted to highlight is a framework that we use for when we visit, how we document all of these things. So as you'll notice in this episode, I document the park, the date that we visited the park, and then a key highlight. Because this is something that my daughter is aspiring to, and this is her travel goal, and it has been for a few years, we try to take a picture at the brown sign, at the o- entrance of the sign to document our visit. That helps us keep track of when we are there. But then I also have postcards of all of the sixty three national parks at this point. And she writes one memory on the back of that postcard and when we visited. Those will maybe go into scrapbook. I don't know if we'll do that, but they'll somehow be collected in a way that helps her document what it was like at this point in time. I love documentation. I love kind of reflecting back on what these experiences mean for our family. And so this is the way we do that. Just to give you a highlight, I know other people have collected maybe a thing or a trinket. We just really like to keep those memorabilia more in our memory and in our documentation as opposed to collecting more stuff. The postcards are just kept in a photo album where there's a little sleeve that each postcard goes in so I can easily keep track and find them when the time comes. The first national park that we visited or that my daughter visited, I had been to several before this was the Gateway Arch in St. Louis. I didn't even know this was a national park at the time we visited, and I'm not even sure it was designated at that point. That's another thing you'll learn is this the national parks, new ones get designated from time to time or they may change designation. So I don't know if in July of 2013, this was per se a national park. However, we did visit it. She kind of remembers it, so we're counting it. We did go to the top and look out that tiny little window, which I thought was fascinating. My son loved seeing the baseball diamond, which was right there, and the river that was on the other side. But the highlight for my daughter, being that we were there over the Fourth of July, was fighting the million people, I think, that were downtown under the arch for the Fourth of July fireworks. It actually was pretty cool. I was hesitant. I did not want to go, but I will say, in the end, I'm really glad we went. We had a picnic blanket, and it was really kind of fun. And I do remember it being more magical than I expected. The fireworks of 4th of July were definitely a highlight on our visit to the Gateway Arch. Our second, number two, Yosemite in California, which we visited in June of 2016. At this point, my kids were 5, 3, and less than one. I think he was nine months. So this was a little more adventurous than I probably would have signed up for. We did things like the trolley. We did a lot of waterfall hikes. We did a lot of simple things just because we had a toddler, but we had an infant somewhat with us. My daughter's favorite thing at this park at Yosemite, while I loved the majestic nature of Yosemite, my daughter really loved seeing the waterfalls and climbing on the rocks. And in particular. There is a relatively easy hike from Valley Village up to see the Yosemite Falls, Upper and Lower Falls. And along the way, there were these boulders. And it was was a rough, just going to say it was a rough day. (laughs) And the boulders for my daughter were the highlight. That's really all she remembers is hiking on the rocks. I'm not remembering exactly where that stop was on the trolley. But we got off, and they played on the rocks again by the river, and that was absolutely gorgeous. And if you go to my Instagram, you can actually see that picture and how young they were at the time. So that's what my daughter remembers from Yosemite. We clearly need to go back. For me, obviously, I love waterfalls too, but also seeing Half Dome and El Capitan and the rock climbers on El Capitan were pretty interesting. We also saw hikers from the PCT Trail. We came in on the east side through Talia Meadows. That was also very invigorating. So there was a lot to Yosemite that I think begs to bring us back. It, it's alluring us back for sure and likely spending more time than the few days we had there. Number three, in 2018, in June of 2018, we visited Cuyahoga Valley in Ohio. So Cuyahoga National Park is interesting. It is a space in Ohio, not too far from Cleveland. And I did not even know this really existed. There is a Number of waterfalls that I really enjoyed. But I think the memory that our family and my daughter in particular really reflected back on was when we rented bikes and biked the towpath. Running through the park is a train, and you can rent bikes near the center of the park and bike either direction. So you can bike to the north and then take a one way ticket with the train. They'll put your bike on the train and take it with you, and you can get off anywhere along the train. So we biked north, got on the train went south below our rental, and then biked back north. So it was kind of a fun experience. We rented a tandem bike and a a bike trailer for our younger one. So it was a fun experience. The kids actually really enjoyed it. And obviously, that was a memory my daughter remembered as well. Our fourth national park was Smoky Mountains National Park in August of 2019. The only thing she wrote down here was the Roaring Forks. This was several stops along the way. And she saw in one of the parking lots... The llamas. So the Roaring Fork llamas is what she refers to. I actually think they were alpacas, but she thinks they were llamas. So I'll leave it at that. We stopped and did a couple of hikes along the way. The Roaring Forks is a one way traffic loop that takes you back out into Gatlinburg. It's on the Gatlinburg side. And we found it really fun. We spent an afternoon, better part of a day actually, in the Roaring Forks area. Number five was Mammoth Caves. And I'm laughing already. We did this in August of 2019 as well. And while we did the cave tour, and it's one of the largest caves in the country, the thing we remember was coming out of the cave, there was a squirrel that fell off of a tree branch and landed. And it was so confused. It it did survive. We saw it fall and we were like, what was that? It did survive, but it got up and was like all weary and running in different directions. And it just was funny. And so that's, of course, what my daughter remembers from at Mammoth Caves. In November of 2019, we went to Saguaro National Park, which is in Tucson, and we did something special here. We actually took a couple of personal days and enrolled the kids at a horse camp. We stayed actually on a horse ranch that butted up to, I believe it's the west side of Saguaro. There's two, Saguaro split. There's an east side and a west side, and I believe the horse ranch, Teco Verde, is where we stayed, was on the west side of the park, and the kids did a, maybe just a day, or maybe it was two days, in this horse camp, my daughter actually then rode horse into the park, so that was pretty exciting, my son was pretty young and stayed on site at the ranch But what she also remembers was that while she was in the park on her horse, her horse kind of took off running, which just went really fast and everything was fine. I asked her what she did in the moment and she just said, held on really tight. (laughs) So clearly she remembers that moment and it was meaningful. It was safe. I loved this idea and I highly recommend this is a really cool opportunity for your kids to do something, especially if they like horses. I was able to take an art class on that ranch. And then my husband and son also did some biking. There was a pool to play in. So it really was a good couple of days. It was more expensive than what we typically would spend, but it was a great way to experience a national park in a different way. The seventh place national park that we visited was Lawson Volcanic National Park in June of 2020. So this was part of our first RV experience. And we specifically chose this area based on Lawson Volcanic National Park. I was searching for the least visited national parks. If you remember 2020, all of the places that we were thinking about going, we were hearing how packed they were and how busy they were and how many people there were. We were still kind of cautious about what was happening with COVID. And so we chose Lawson Volcanic National Park. I had never heard of this national park before, but I fell in love with it. Our first day, we hiked to Boiling Lake. And I think that was the highlight for everybody. Boiling Lake is a number of femorals and essentially a boiling lake. It is bright turquoise against red clay. It is absolutely gorgeous. It is roughly maybe four or five mile hike round trip, but we took our time and really enjoyed that. Our number eight was Crater Lake, again, on the same RV trip in June of 2020. And what my daughter remembers, while it was gorgeous and there were a lot of beautiful scenery and views to see, she remembers the top of the lake at one of the stops, we had a snowball fight. And having a snowball fight in June was pretty funny while we were in shorts and t-shirts. It was also the site where we watched several skiers and she was not thrilled about this. She wanted to leave. She was like, this is dumb. Why are we watching skiers hike up a mountain? And I said, well, I wanted to see what they were going to do when they came down. And she goes, they're going to stop. And we just laughed and we agreed, "Okay, it was time to go. So my daughter does definitely have a sense of humor and we've always appreciated that. Number nine on our list was Redwoods National Park. This was interesting. I did not know that the Redwoods was really spread out in multiple different cohorts, so to speak. And some of it is state park, some of it is national park. It's kind of wonky. And I didn't write down the exact details of where these things were. But in two separate areas, she remembered hiking Fern Canyon, which is right along the coast. And then we also took in the Lady Bird Grove, So this is a really gorgeous, majestic sequoias. They're huge. There's several others. Founders Grove was another one of our favorites, but we did Lady Bird at sunset. So the view and the colors coming through the trees was absolutely gorgeous. Number 10 in August of 2020 was Kenai Fjords in Alaska. We were in Alaska for a wedding and we decided to take on this hike. We wanted to see what it was. We climbed this really cool bluff and my daughter remembers actually mountain climbing. Now, when I say actually mountain climbing, I'm saying like it was a rock that had a couple of ledges that she climbed up to get to the hike. (laughs) So it was just like a turn in the hike that went up some elevation and my kids climbed the little bluff to get there. So that's what it means by climbing the bluff. But we had a major shift in weather. It was so bright and sunny when we left that we had a really hard time seeing the glaciers because it was literally glistening off of the ice And all of a sudden, it got a little bit gloomy and a little cooler. And I was like, we should probably head back. (laughs) And we did not make it in time. So her recollection of Kenai Fjords National Park was being soaked, literally, down to our undergarments. We were soaked everywhere and saturated. So that was interesting, especially, again, being in an RV, we had to figure out a place to dry our clothes. Number 11. In December of 2020, we went to Grand Tetons National Park. We paired this with a visit also to Jackson Hole area in Idaho to go skiing. But the highlight from this is after we did a snowshoe day, we were coming down into the valley and we saw several moose along the vegetation and we watched them for a while and several moose started fighting. And so that's what we remember from the Grand Tetons in December. And again, I should mention, some of these off seasons are really great for wildlife spotting. A lot of times we like to go to these places. And of course, Jenny Lake is absolutely gorgeous. The Tetons are absolutely gorgeous, probably one of the most beautiful places in the world. I say that of all the places I visited. But the wildlife in the winter was actually really cool. We got to see the elk come down from the grove as well as the moose. They were very visible and really all around. So easy to see in the wintertime. Number 12, in March of 2021, we visited Congaree National Park in South Carolina. This was on our way home from buying our personal RV. And what she remembers is the junior ranger scavenger hunt. Because it was March, a lot of Congaree was actually flooded. So there wasn't a lot of things we could actually do. We did several hikes on the boardwalks and there was a scavenger hunt through the junior ranger program. And that was pretty much what she remembers, what we did, a lot of different greenery that were spotted, but it was a lot of fun. So It was probably a lower rated national park overall, but kind of overlooked. Number 13, in June of 2021, we visited Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. This is on the big island of Hawaii. And there were quite a few surprises, I think, in the Volcanoes National Park. We had already visited some of the previous eruption and seeing and driving through the lava. So I don't know that the lava per se was as exciting at this point. However, seeing the new vegetation And then there was a part where she just really enjoyed climbing on the lava. So there's quite a few lava beds at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park. And that was really the highlight. It used to eventually like actual have lava going into the ocean. That has stopped for a number of years. There's a small archway. Some of those things were cool. But again, as a 10-year-old, not as cool as climbing on the rocks. Number 14, Haleakala. We love just saying that name, by the way, in Maui. Again, in June 2021, Uh, our greatest experience, so this one was tricky. We ended up having some issues with altitude sickness at Haleakalā. However, my daughter really enjoyed, at one point, she opened the windows. She's like, we're in the clouds. And she's like, here, let me bring them into the car. And she was trying to like grab the clouds and touch the clouds, getting out then of the car and walking in the clouds, which normally would be fog, right? That's essentially what you're walking in. But for her, when she realized we were walking in clouds, because you are so high up, and then later, there was a break in the clouds where we could see some of the things around us. It was pretty, I would say, heavenly. I don't know how else to describe it because you your elevation is so high up. Number 15 was Channel Islands. So this is off of the coast of L.A. We took a charter boat to get out there. That's the only way you can get there. And that, again, was in June of 2021. And there were a couple of things here. There's not a lot to do on the Channel Islands. It's a day trip. And we had a picnic lunch and played a little bit and hiked a little bit. We did not do the scuba diving or the snorkeling, but there is a national kelp forest at Channel Islands that we would probably suggest or at least look into for the next time. What we enjoyed doing was there's a eucalyptus grove right in the middle of the park. You can't really hike the entire island because it is much larger than you think to get back to the boat, unless you're staying there for a couple of days. But the eucalyptus grove is kind of at the center where the picnic grounds and the camping grounds are. And that smelled so good. So at the same time, we were just taking a break. My husband and I, I think, maybe even took a nap on the picnic tables. I'm not quite sure. But the smell of the eucalyptus trees and the kids playing was kind of one of those magical moments for mom. And also obviously my daughter really enjoyed it. Another she highlighted was seeing the dolphins on the boat ride. So that wasn't technically on the park, but it was on the way to the park. We had several pods of dolphins swarming the boat and circling around the boat. We did see a couple of whales off into the distance and the wildlife is actually pretty good because of how the currents are in that section. So you usually do see quite a bit of wildlife. Number 16. In August of 2021, we visited Theodore Roosevelt National Park. This was an interesting, I think, more from the history of who Theodore Roosevelt was. And really, it was intriguing, but it was not necessarily As breathtaking as some of the other national parks we'd been at, it's interesting. There were several formations or rock formations that the kids could slide down when we used them kind of like a playground. And that was probably her highlight. But she also mentioned it was really fun watching the prairie dogs. There's prairie dogs all over the place. We actually got caught on the trail a little bit where several bison had decided to lay down on the path that we were supposed to take to get back to the parking lot. And so we also remembered that. I don't know that that's a highlight. It was more of like a memory. (laughs) Like it wasn't really fun sitting there waiting for these, these bison to pass. Number 17 is Wind Cave. And this again was in August of 2021. We did not get there in time to actually see the cave. So while we did visit it and we agreed it can go on the list as visiting, the only thing she really remembers from that is the buffalo that we're around. It's a grassy area and we're very interested in going back. So We did technically visit it, but I wouldn't say it's got a highlight yet on the list. Number 18 is Badlands National Park. This is one that's hard to explain. We had seen the Badlands. There's quite a few Badlands actually up in North Dakota as well, and we had really enjoyed them there and had hiked around on them and done several hikes near Theodore Roosevelt National Park. But I think in the Badlands, there is a hike in particular what was I think intriguing about it is there was a big sheep right at the start of this hike and then as we took this hike you go up a cable based it's like a cable and wood ladder to get up onto one of the bluffs and then you finish the hike and I think that ladder in particular was very exciting for both my daughter and my son. I think everyone was nervous but yet it's excited at the same time and very proud when they were able to complete it. In September of 2021, we went to Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. There we were at several lakes touring, just doing easy hikes. We only had a couple of days there, again, in in town for a wedding. But we had a baby moose on one of the lakes that came up on the trail and decided to just keep running after us. And so it was not necessarily, you know, relaxing, But it was definitely a memorable moment. The moose did not harm us. The mother stayed in the lake and the baby moose did retreat several times back to the lake. We think he just wanted to play and there were no other baby moose around. Once we were out of that area and sitting safely on the other side of the lake and reflecting, it was absolutely gorgeous and peaceful and really one of those magical, you know, the sun was out, the skies were clear. It was one of those gorgeous days where I was really, but the highlight for my daughter was the moose. The baby moose, and in fact, there was quite a bit of elk there as well, and we were constantly having to slow down. The traffic was quite congested, and the elk were creating a lot of challenges, kind of like the buffalo do in Yellowstone and in uh, Theodore Roosevelt National Park for sure. And the last one, number twenty, is White Sands National Park. Again, visited in December of 2021. This is in New Mexico, and this is the last park she visited <laughs> before she broke both of her arms in Texas. So. For her, I think the entertainment and the joy of jumping and sliding down the dunes. We were there at sunset. Again, absolutely gorgeous scenery. The sand was really cold. And I think that was other things she mentioned was sliding down, but then also getting back in the RV because our feet were so freezing. The sand, we anticipated it. I don't know why we thought it would be warmer, but it it gets cold really fast in the desert when the sun goes down. So those are our 20 Highlights. It's the best of my daughter's version through the eyes of a 10 year old. I can tell you because we are going to Canada and Alaska, the national parks that we are looking forward to visiting are actually Kluane, I think I'm saying that right, in the Yukon Territory of Canada, followed by Wrangell St. Elias in Alaska. We will be visiting Denali and we'll probably revisit Kenai Fjords National Park. The ones that I'm not sure of yet that we're hoping to, we want to get to at least one of these other ones, would be Lake Clark National Park, Katmai National Park, or Glacier Bay. So those are the ones that we're trying to figure out. We probably will not be able to fit in all of them. And we have a desire, and we'll see how it works out to potentially visit Glacier National Park as well on our way home. I have 10 key takeaways from this episode. Number one, while national parks are well-known brown signs, a brown sign is actually a locally designated attraction worth checking out. You may want to expand your list beyond national parks. Number two, The fourth grade pass is a great excuse to let your child determine which national park you will visit. Since it provides a free entrance for the entire car for anyone with the Every Kid, Every Park pass from September 1st through August 31st, you can even make an entire year of it. There are other national park benefits for veterans and seniors in addition to the year long America the Beautiful pass. Number three, how do you or your kids document their adventures? As mentioned, my daughter has a tradition of taking a picture with the entrance sign as well as documenting her point-in-time memory on a postcard of the National Park. Number four, not all of her highlights were planned. Make sure during an experience you take time to allow things to develop. Number five, don't overlook the simple things. The highlight of Yosemite for Heidi's daughter was climbing on rocks. Number six, consider more than just checking a box. What are some lesser known aspects to the park? What makes the park unique? Number seven, there's no need to correct their memories. They experience things through their own filter and that memory is theirs. If my daughter wants to remember the llamas, let her remember the llamas. If my daughter remembers walking in the clouds, let them walk in the clouds. Whatever makes that experience memorable is what's important to them. Number eight, wildlife in winter is a very different experience. Consider off seasons to discover elements of the park that might shine differently during different seasons. Number nine, slow down and smell the eucalyptus trees. Memories are not always based on what you do, all of the senses contribute to the overall experience. Number 10, nature is a built in playground, but kids don't often see it that way unless you nurture it. Wild animals are still wild animals. Cliffs are still cliffs. All of them need to be taken into consideration. Feel free to join the conversation over at the Ordinary Sherpa Facebook group to learn from others, to contribute. This is what the Sherpa community is all about. So if you want to go over and see what others are posting or share some of your own lessons and experiences from national parks, it makes her a much richer experience. I want to close this episode by saying thank you and highlighting a written review. I've not read a written review for a while and I thought it was a great example of what to write. If you have not left a written review, please do so. It's one of the single greatest things you can do. I have an entire tutorial on how to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts at OrdinarySherpa.com backslash review. Again, link is in the show notes. But this review comes from Ticks 6 and it states inspirational, down to earth and energizing. I love the focus on adventuring big and small. Heidi is so authentic and energizing as she shares her family adventure journey and brings great guests to her passionate community. Thank you so much for those kind words, for tuning in each week and for sharing these episodes. It's truly what makes this work so energizing. I can't wait to read your written review next week. Until then, keep on adventuring found value from today's show. Here are 3 easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. 2. Find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy the show and share this episode. 3. And most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to ordinarysherpa.com/community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.